hear a reading from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 5, verses 13 through 16. You are the salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its, t- has lost its taste, how can its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything, but is thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A city built on a hill cannot be hid. No one, after lighting a lamp, puts it under the bushel basket, but on the lampstand, and it gives light to the whole house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. May we hear your word, O Lord, that brings a sting to it today. May your assurance of truth illumine dim light And give us hope for the living of these days. Amen. Well, I'm not embarrassed to admit that I am not a great cook. I'd say I come down somewhere between okay and good enough. I follow recipes pretty closely. And a great cook, I know, and I know some of you are, A great cook can improvise. They taste their creation as they go along and they know what it needs or what it doesn't need, needs more of, needs less of. A great cook can pivot and adjust. Well, that might be why I'm just an okay cook. I rarely taste what I'm cooking while I'm cooking. And when I was 12 years old, I was so proud of making my first dinner for my family, a tuna noodle casserole. Seemed pretty over the plate. Yet when everyone took that first bite, their faces revealed it all. I had mistaken the small tea, teaspoon, for a large tea, tablespoon, of salt. And not only that, I crumbled saltine crackers over the top of it, too. Lesson (laughs) learned, a little salt goes a long way. Mark uh, Kurlansky, the author of the book Salt, A World History, he says this, from the beginning of civilization until about 100 years ago, salt was one of the most sought-after commodities in human history. The ancients believed that salt would ward off evil spirits. Religious covenants were often sealed with salt. Salt was used for all sorts of medicinal purposes. Roman soldiers were sometimes paid in salt. And of course, in all the centuries before refrigeration, salt was essential for food preservation. So in this morning's story in the gospel... We find ourselves on the hillside with Jesus, talking about salt and light. And he's been speaking to a crowd of followers about God's counterintuitive blessings for those gathered around him, the meek, 
the pure in heart, the hungry, the thirsty, the grieving, the sick and infirm, those in pain and afflicted with various diseases. This is not society's A-team. It is to these people in need of healing, Jesus turns and says to them, you are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. And they certainly don't look like folks who are salt and light, but they don't miss how radical Jesus' words are. Because next to air and water, salt is perhaps the greatest necessity of life. And light is essential for living. How could he say they are as precious as salt and light? But again, it might be too easy to miss the far-reaching notion of Jesus' use of these metaphors to our modern world where salt is cheap and plentiful and lights are on 24-7. But remember to whom he's speaking, the outcast, the misfit, the marginalized. You, all of you, are the salt of the earth. You who are not polished or socially acceptable, but you who've been rejected, wounded, unloved, and overlooked, you are light, essential to God's kingdom. You are worthwhile, you are treasured, you have meaning and purpose. Now do what you were designed to do. You are the salt of the earth is literally to preserve the gospel values of mercy and kindness, compassion and justice, values that sustain and undergird the kingdom of God that Jesus came in to establish. The followers of Jesus will also be light, shining into the shadows, revealing untruths that endanger human life, human dignity. Jesus says to his disciples, you are the light of the world. Let your light serve as a beacon that others can see and be drawn to your love for God and your love for neighbor. While I was preparing for this sermon this past week, the news about the Florida College Board's intention to strip down its advanced placement curriculum of African American Studies courses was on air. This decision adds to the expanding repressive Florida laws aimed at LGBTQ persons. And the news this week also included the unbearable details of the murder of Tyree Nichols in Memphis, another innocent black man pulled over in what should have been a routine traffic stop. And I asked myself, what does it mean for the church to be salt and light amid these repressive and violent developments. So I suggest, as a salty church, we do what we do best. Just as salt preserves, so we preserve stories. 
We preserve stories. We sing stories. We tell stories. Our call is to preserve and tell the stories of people that might not otherwise be told. We are to preserve and tell the stories of the struggles of African-American people and queer people that some in our government are seeking to erase from our collective narrative. The church's call is not only to preserve like salt, but to enhance the bright flavors of diversity in God's world. The church's call is to illuminate, to shine light on those stories from the margins, the stories that are at risk of once again being hidden. Our call is to direct warm light onto the people who historically have been overshadowed by white supremacy and homophobia. The church is to reveal God's presence in activities and in people whose lights have been hidden under a bushel basket. So sharing the good news of the gospel is like salt doing what it's made to do, to be sprinkled about. Salt isn't meant to stay in the salt shaker. It's meant to share its uniqueness, to bring out the best in others, and to enliven the world. So if we want to enhance or enrich or to preserve the goodness of the world... We must not hide inside our salt shakers, inside the walls of the church. Salt doesn't exist to preserve itself. Jesus wants to make sure the disciples understand that salt is as, only as good as its saltiness. Be salt and light, Jesus says. Be what you are. Salt doesn't have to try to be salt. Light doesn't have to try to be light. So it is with you. Salt is your identity. Light is your identity. It's also your purpose. The 18th century Jewish mystic and founder of Hasidic Judaism, the Baal Shem Tov, taught that every person is infused with a divine spark. And joined all together, our sparks create a fire so bright that we illuminate the divine mystery. We are the salt of the earth. And what we do with our saltiness matters. And we are the light of the world. And what we do with our light in the world matters. A disillusioned and cynical world is watching every organized religion with a critical eye. The world is watching us and measuring our savoriness and our luminosity. It's those who are outside our communities who might be in the best position to see what kind of impact we're having in the world. The late Archbishop Desmond Tutu said that every congregation should be able to get a good job recommendation from poor people. 
I'd add that every congregation should be able to get a good recommendation from people who are marginalized by white supremacy, misogyny, or homophobia, or any other things that disenfranchise people. Salt and light are what you are, Jesus said. He said it to the outcast on the hillside. And I imagine they looked into each other's faces to find traces of salt and glimmers of light. So Jesus today, now in this place says, you are the light of the world. You are the salt of the earth. Do what you're designed to do. Add flavor to the world. Spice it up and shine, shine. Thanks be to God.